What a great week. Man, if you would have told me what was going to happen, I would have told you I'd have never saw all, half the stuff that I believe um, that I saw that happen. And uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell, according to mom, I, I said Sunday, <clears throat> you may want to stay around for this, I may say it anyways, but Sunday morning, I could feel, and maybe the gift of special faith came on me when I, because Kevin asked me about it, because he said, you're either a, what he said, you're either a lion prophet, fake prophet, or you're a true prophet, or something like that, because he said, you said some things Sunday morning to us. He said, I just want to ask you, what did the Holy Spirit tell you about our finances and our ministry? I said, well, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit said. I said, this week will be the largest offering that you'll ever receive from this church, because he said in the entirety of our ministry, I said, no, from this church. So I asked mom, I said, what, what was our offering last year that we gave him? And, and it was around, I think like $7,000. We, 10,000 is what we gave him this week. Plus uh, the church will probably add to it. Plus the $1,500 cash that they got for the, you know, we thought we were going to give them for a laptop and they got two laptops. So it was the largest offering they've ever received from this church. So then I told him, uh, so then uh, the laptop thing happened, which, did anybody hear, does everybody know what happened with the laptop situation? No. Okay, so I'll explain the story because it's great. So we're in the back room and Annie's, I mean, her and Kevin are sharing, she's sharing stuff that she's learned about healing. And I mean, it's like a richness of just little things that I've never heard before. And I thought, man, this is so good. You should be, you need to get in the Bible school. You need to have a book. And so she said, you know, I actually am, I said, are you writing a book at all? Are you ever plan on writing a book? And she said, no, it's in my heart. But what happens is Kevin and I get off the road, I get home to the computer, I try to write, and then I'm back on because she does most of the preaching, uh, I believe is, you know, they used to do um, kind of equal, but she does most of it now. So they don't have a traveling computer. So I, and I, she just kind of said something about a laptop and then we just kept talking and I didn't really think much about it. And then that day I'm at home and the Lord says, let's talk about that laptop that she needs. And so I said, okay, I'm laying in my bed and just kind of looking up at the ceiling. The Holy Spirit's just, the downloads are just rolling because pastor's not here. So it's kind of like he's talking to me about this and because uh, I'm the next one in charge. So everything's coming to me. So I said, all right, what do you want me to do about it? I said, I, I can't buy her a laptop and I can't call dad and say, hey, we should buy her a laptop with church money. He's in Hawaii. So um, he said, uh, what does pastor preach? I'm a revival. I'm a move of God. So he goes, well, start moving and do something. Uh, what do you want me to do? He said, go get $100 out of the bank and start something. And I thought, oh my goodness, what if I hand her this money because she's sitting here and nothing happens, you know. <laughs> Talk about a positive expectation. Do you, you guys remember what she preached on? Expectation? Like, what are you expecting when you come to church? And um, I, I'll get back to that because that was such a powerful thing that she shared because even tonight on Wednesday night, I don't think we really expect much. It's like, well, we're just going to church again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's Wednesday night. The durants are gone, so the anointing's gone. Well, no, it's not. Jesus is still here. But the expectation is what's drawing on the anointing, is what's pulling on the power of God, what's pulling out of them. That's why Jesus, because we're going to talk about the anointing tonight, and the expectation of, you know, and I talked to Josh, me and him were talking about this. I said, She's so right on when we get to church, what are we expecting God to do in our lives? Or is it just another Wednesday night? What we expect is pastor's going to preach a good word and I'm going to receive it. Hallelujah. Sunday morning, 
Amen. It's going to be a great word. Praise the Lord. But we're not really what she was saying, coming with an expectation of something, actually a demonstration happening. And pastor had told them, we want demonstrations. So I just kept saying it Sunday morning. There'll be demonstrations this week. Because I, when I was in Dr. Rodney's meeting, he would just say what was going to happen in that service. Jesus is going to touch you tonight. Jesus is going to touch you. The whole night he's telling you, Jesus, the fire is going to touch you. And then about 45 minutes later, Jesus and the fire just touches everybody in the building. And I thought, write that down. You know, <laughs> well, declare what you want to see. So expecting me, I'm expecting that maybe me and a few people are going to give her a few bucks. That's just my great faith of expectation as a pastor. Because <laughs> I'm thinking they've already been giving. So uh, I gave her that $120 and then Frank jumps up. Somebody else jumps up and then a pile of cash just comes in. So the first night she gets like $900, which blew me away, blew her away. But she kept saying with her mouth, remember when she was here? I have the things which I desire. Yes. I don't always need the money whatsoever things ye desire when ye pray, believe you shall receive them and you shall receive those things. She kept saying, I'm believing for a laptop. And she kind of was, I think, thinking that it was going to come, but she kept saying with her mouth, I'm not believing for the money. I'm believing for the MacBook. But three months ago, she said to Kevin, she said, we're going to pray for a MacBook. I believe I received it. The minute I prayed for it is when I got it. It's already on its way. It'll come. It's, our, it's coming. I've, I'm, I receive it. It's on its way. And she just kept saying it. She said for three months. So then she comes here. So I, and the Lord says, you're a move of God. Start something. And it's an act of faith because I'm walking out on, on the water by myself going, oh, man, if I'm the only one that hands her $100, I'm going to look at pastor and say, you, I hope you can make up for the rest of that because I screwed up. <laughs> but that's kind of, she made a good statement to me. I said, with healing, why is it that you can take these steps of faith with people, even though that you may not see it instantly, and she don't even care anymore because she's seen it happen so many times. But she said, you all, even with the water miracle with Jesus, and he told them to go turn the water, to take the water to the uh, king and, or the, whoever the official was at the time. She said, you have to be okay with seeing water until it turns to wine. Even the servant, when he was taking it, it was still water. Until he put it in his mouth, and then it was wine. She said, I'm okay with seeing water until it becomes wine. And so, but she says, but I got to get their expectation up that like Jesus in his hometown, that they're going to receive something tonight. And so people just have such a, we have such a negative expectation. I, and I don't think we realize, even with finances, that do you ever see yourself becoming a millionaire? Hallelujah. I mean, do you see yourself a millionaire? I told that to Josh. Do you see yourself a millionaire? Well, it's like, well, no, the whole, your whole life you've heard money's hard. You got to have three jobs. Man, I hope we can make it. Bills, this. And so for 30, 40 years, you're conditioned that money is hard to get. It's so hard, and hopefully we can make 50, 60 without the government, Uncle Sam taking most of it. You know what I mean? And so we hear that. It's like we're conditioned with expectation of money is mm, it's tough. We're going to have it's to grind. We've got to wake up and work. So, but Kevin told me when the millionaire guy came to him and said, what you did for me, or the Lord told Kevin, what you did for that man was way worth more than money. You're richer than him. Because Kevin was preaching it changed that man's life. He went home and dug out of all of Brother Hagen's tape. And this guy has planes, jets, limousines. He's got men that follow him. He's this big businessman. But he's not real deep in the word. And Kevin's preaching and the anointing 
jumps all over this businessman. And he says, Kevin, I'm going to give you $100,000 because what you did for me, you, you inspired me to dig Brother Hagin's stuff back out and read it again, study it for my business. And the Lord said, Kevin, what you have is way more valuable than what he has. That's true riches. The anointing, the power of the Holy Ghost is way more powerful than what this man's carrying. Now he's you know, and so you're really, if you just have a lot of money, you're just a poor man with money because you don't have true riches, like he said in the book of Revelation. So Kevin goes, so money's down here, and what I have is here. So it's really not that hard to get. But people put it as, oh my gosh, it's so difficult. So, and, but that's just our conditioned of our, what she was saying. We're so conditioned with negative expectation. I'm getting the flu. It's December. I know I'm going to get it. I'm so conditioned with positive expectation on food because it happens so much and I sow so much food that even tonight, me and Joshua, I said, I know at least twice a week someone's going to bring me something to eat. (laughs) Three times, you know what I mean? Because I sow so much food, I see it come back so much, you couldn't even convince me someone, at least three meals a week aren't coming to me. I'm so conditioned with a positive expectation of what I sow. And so I told him, I said, and he even, Josh was telling me the same testimony. He started working for the Lord. The Lord said, you don't, man, don't work. You don't eat. So Josh says, I got on the camera, started working. And he said, boom, I, every meal was taken care of. I'm not, no more money in my bank account, but now every meal is being, people are buying groceries, food's coming. And I said, well, you're working for the Lord Jesus. He's paying you. I mean, you, you can't, we're the under shepherd. He's the over shepherd. But if you're working for the Lord, he's taking care of you. So Josh says, man, I'm so conditioned. I know I'll never go without food now. But that's that positive expectation that we're conditioned with that I believe we show up sometimes on Wednesday night. It's just like, what's well, another service? It's going to be great. going to be a great word. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go home and get in the bed because I've been in Hawaii. You know what I mean? <laughs> but pastor, what are you expecting tonight? Amen. The Lord's going to touch you. Okay, amen. <laughs> so she's sitting here, and my great expectation of lots of money. And the Lord, I was, but I'm obedient. Do it. It's $100. What's the worst that's going to happen? You know, we just say, well, God bless you. There's $100 sewed towards your laptop, and the, the money will come. Go read Brother Hagen's book. <laughs> yeah, build your faith. I don't know what to tell you. I did, I did my best, but I guess I missed it. So the next day, I said, well, how much came in? She said, it's like $900. And I said, okay. So she goes, but I was online, so it's about $1,100. And I thought, okay, we're almost there. So, Lord, should I say something else? And so I just took up the offering like normal. We just kept preaching, and, and that morning she's doing a service, and so uh, Elaine comes in. I think it's her name. Elena. Elena. And she goes, I need to talk to you. And I said, Elena, not right now. The AC's broken. I got to get out there and fix it. Like, can we talk after? So she's like, but I really need to speak to you. And I'm like, just, you know, usually when people are like, I really need to see you and t- tell you something, it's not... Uh, detriment to the service of the church right now. It's like something, hey, this happened in my life. I want to tell you something great. And I'm like, don't tell me five minutes before church because I'm, I'm working, you know. So at the end of service, so I'm talking about giving and sowing, and I'm saying to her, I'm preaching that scripture that says that many will rejoice with thanksgiving because of what you've done for the church and uh, the abounding of the grace, God multiplying your seed sown, Second Corinthians, and I think uh, Philippians, Paul said, you've given once, you've given again. So I kept going over that many thanksgiving and many fruits of righteousness will come from what we're doing for her that she's going to write books. They're going to go all over the world. I mean, she travels. She goes to all the Rhema places all over the world, her and Kevin, and they're, but they need books. They need the distribution of the word because Brother Hagin says a printed page will go further than anything else in the last days. And I'm still uh, reading, Kenyon's still preaching because I'm still reading his books. So I, so 
I'm talking about this laptop is going to change destinies and lives, and Elena is just over there just like melting. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with her? You know, so she comes up, and she's like, I need to talk to you. So, so I'm like, dismiss, everybody go home. So she goes, I have a laptop. I said, oh, oh everybody wait. <laughs> then she, she so she, I said, well, go get it. So she goes and gets it. Her and Dennis bought like a $3,500 MacBook. They don't know how to use it. They played with it for a month. They threw it in the closet and they didn't take it back. So it's just been sitting there. So she brings it in and gives it to Annie. Brand new MacBook Pro. I was like, oh, but she said, I have a laptop. She didn't say I have the money. She said I have the laptop. And she got the laptop. So then I'm getting a text in service from another member saying I'm at the Apple store. What does she want before Elena ever said anything? And if Elena would have told me that, I probably would have looked at him and said, oh, don't even worry about it. They already got something. But I told Elena, I can't talk to you. So I'm on the phone. I'm like, oh, man, that would be great. Let's do 15-inch. It'll fit in her bag. Let's do that sparkling little, you know, the whatever, the new one, the girls. Yeah, the stuff the girls like, that, whatever that color is, sapphire. So he's bringing it. So confident expectation. I know it's coming. He's bringing it tonight. But I are, and I said, Lord, you want me to tell him? And the Lord said, don't say a word about it. So, that, so then that night, um, and I told her, I was kind of prophesying and making a joke. I said, there's going to be another demonstration tonight from the Spirit of God. But I already knew. So we get, take up the offering last night. And then I said, go ahead and bring the other laptop up. So somebody bought her a MacBook Air, brand new, 15-inch, for her to travel with. And uh, I told Kevin, I says, I guess you can take the MacBook because he was like, I guess I can give it away. I says, well, what are you doing with your laptop? I said, it's old, isn't it? He goes, it's a couple years. I said, well, you give that one away. I said, you take the new MacBook. You take some new stuff. And he goes, oh, I didn't think about that. That'd be great. So they got two brand new computers and $1,500 cash and a massive offering. So they, they've went, I mean, from people who travel with Brother Hagen, that's a huge deal for them to say, man, this church, because I asked them, I said, how have the last few churches been? They said, we preach our hearts out, but it doesn't seem like there's any honor there, especially when it comes to finances. And I know one church recently that he went to, another minister goes, did you go to so-and-so's church? He said, yes, I did. He goes, I'm gonna send you an offering because I already know how that man is. And that's so sad to hear that when you have, because there was many times that even Pastor Mark would take up $100,000, give it to Brother Hagen and say, don't even worry about the money. What that's doing is it's honoring the man of God before he even gets here. And the anointing, what we're saying to Jesus is we place a high value on what you're bringing. We honor them. We're there to meet him at the door, treat him as if Jesus himself is walking in here. Because he says, how you receive them, you receive me, you receive the one who sent me, the Father. So we're, when they're out there, we're waiting for them, grabbing their stuff, bringing them in as if it was Jesus himself coming to this church. That's why the, even though it's them, I'm still looking at it as Jesus is still here ministering. So I know Kevin and Annie are gone. And, uh, but Jesus is still here ministering. Amen. Glory to God. But that was such a testimony of just she, her expectation and what she was expecting happened. And I'm expecting with her a little bit, but there's not a lot of faith in me. But she said three months ago, I have, a, and she not only got one laptop, she got two laptops. And so what a, uh, just a dim, and, and dad, pastor said the demonstrations would happen when they were here. So not only the healing demonstrations, which by the way, um, the testimony cards, some of you guys have been feeling these out, but I know people are calling me and I keep hearing testimonies like my nephew said, I've never expected 
to, he goes, I've been wearing glasses my whole life. And he said, when Debbie Martin got up and said, you know what, I, I have had other stuff, but I'm going to start, I'm going to expect that even these things I've had for th- so, however long are going to start being. I want to share something. Let me, let me dive in here. Just stay right here. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's a dual service tonight. I want to share something that, that the Lord laid on my heart about bringing Kevin and Annie in. When you pastor, it is not easy to become a specialist. You, you basically can't do it. And I, I started looking around our church at people who needed healing, and I'm trying to teach everyone how to use your faith. And I'm thinking, and I told the Lord, I said, there are people who will never get there. You need to bring them in. And, and when he's talking about money, I'm going to share something with you. It is very important that we preach on prosperity because you, you need money. But people like Kevin and Annie, they, they specialize and they can get you healed even when Lisa and I and Justin can't. Not because we don't have the heart for it, but he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists. There's more gifts than pastor. But the pastor has to recognize that there are specialists out there. And Kevin and Annie are specialists. And the goal of mine was to get you to a place where you could get healing Based on a gift. You're still going to need the word. Yeah. Thank you. You're going to need me when they're gone. Okay. You're still going to need me. Okay. Because I'm still going to do my job. But I'm saying this because Justin's talking about finances right now. And you don't realize how massive that is because these guys live by offerings. And they go places where it's like working as a waitress. There's no tip. They're working and no one, and so when I, when I tip a waitress, it's because I know the last five guys didn't. Yeah. You know, I'll give them sometimes $50, $100, and they're like, I said, yeah, I know. I'm probably the only guy that I even gave you anything, you know. But I'm saying that to you because you, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Without you, we couldn't do what we're doing. Yeah. You know, you think that we're doing this. You're, you're, you're doing, doing this. When you give laptops, when you give money, when you sow big and believe big, you're, you're helping the next generation and maybe the next church down the road that doesn't have any money. Okay, so yeah. back to Justin. Well, even in Second Corinthians, it wasn't Paul that was doing it. It was the church who sowed out of their deep poverty. And Paul leaves Titus there and says, continue this grace the next year. The church people are abounding in this grace. Then they're telling Paul, we have a massive gift for you. So when I put this on Instagram, it's, it was not me and pastor who gave them laptops and money. It was you guys who did that for the fruit that will abound to your account. Multiply your seed sown and take those scriptures. And the reason I taught so much on that is for y'all. But I thought... Man, you know, maybe me and dad can pull something out of the church budget. But the Lord was saying, no, I want them to do it because you're going to be the ones getting the blessing. I'm just, I'm just obedient to just be the messenger. I'm just, I'm here as this is our office to deliver a message. And you guys, the church in, in Philippians were the, who had the credit and debit account, it was the people in the church who had the credit and debit account with Paul. People place a lot of importance on Paul's ministry. But without those church people in Philippians, in Thessalonica, in Corinthians, funding his ministry, it was, I mean, we'll probably get to heaven and get to meet them all. And it's like, well, everybody loves Apostle Paul. We preach his sermons. But it was those people who enabled the New Testament to get written. 
who they're kind of the no names, but they're under a church covering, which is kind of like word of life. It's you guys that are funding the Brother Hagen's protégés, the next Bro- Kenneth E. Hagen's. You guys are pushing them out there. They're fired up. They're excited. They're ready to keep, I mean, they're I mean, they were like, we are fired up. And which to me is like what Paul said. He said, man, I'm, so, I'm such a bounding for the gift that you've given and thanksgiving to God, not just for me, but many people down the road. So I, that's for, for us as a church that there are other churches and people that are gonna get ministered to because of what happened here that we'll hear about one day. And, the, and all, when Annie's got all of these books going around the world, I'm, we're putting it on the screen saying, we're alive, it was your laptop that did that, you know? And I believe God, because it says that he, that, he, that he was watching that and he saw that and it came up as a, as, a, as a sweet sacrifice to him. So I want the testimonies too. And on, on that note, um, even my nephew called me and said, you know, I've had glasses my whole life and I never thought about it until she says, what are you expecting? He said, you know what? I don't want these anymore. So he said this morning he woke up he took them off last night. He goes, I haven't put them back on. He said, I'm refusing to put them back on. I'm going to keep, keep expecting. Like Paul says, when I got home, it's like, no, I don't care of my body. I'm, no, I'm eating peanut butter. Glory to God. And that's sometimes the, uh, the, the fight of faith. It's, it's, it's you're not fighting people. You're fighting to stay in faith over a word that was given because Satan will immediately come to steal the word. No, you didn't get healed. Nope, didn't happen for you. No, it's not that the physical thing you feel in the anointing, it was, number one, like he said, it's a gift, but it's the word based off why you're healed. But the gifts do help you hook up with people, two or three gathering in my name, ask anything according to my will. So you're hooking up with someone else's faith and boom, or an anointing that's been given. So it's so powerful. But I want to say this. I want to talk about the anointing tonight because what they did in the services, a lot of times you're in a service and you don't realize what she was saying is an impartation, Romans 1, I've come to impart a spiritual gift to you. And the reason that, that, that they're here, they're laying hands on you. I mean, Bruce laid hands on me the other night and I felt like it was a live wire to me. But there's a reason why that God does that because what he's doing next is he's equipping you with the anointing then for you to do what? To go out with it. And the anointing is not just for the fivefold ministry. The anointing is for you. So I want to read this where Jesus says in Luke chapter 4, he came to Nazareth, verse 16. I'll let you turn there. Turn my notes on for a second. I probably won't go super long on this because we've kind of given a recap of testimony. But I want to tie this in with what they've been preaching. Because I believe the Lord's been doing something. I believe it started with dad talking about the meetings coming back the revival, the spirit moving, and he was preaching on it that it's coming back, but this is how we're going to get ready for it. And then mom started with worship a few weeks back, and then it just continued on to even the meetings. And it's almost like what Kevin says, we may be in a revival, we just don't know it until it's over and you go, whoa, we were in a revival. Praise God. So Jesus came to Nazareth and his... uh, the day that he stood in the, uh, verse 16, went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read, as it, it says, as it was his custom, so Jesus was there a lot reading, so it wasn't anything new to the people that Jesus was standing up and reading. Um, he's, you know, he's an altar boy. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. One thing the anointing does is it comes upon you. And it is, let me read what the anointing is. The anointing is the manifest presence of the Lord. It is the presence and the power of God that is manifest. The anointing is the signature of God. It's the fingerprint of God on a person whom God uses to bring glory to his kingdom. And uh, the the prayer that, um, Lord, I want you to mark me with your finger for all eternity. Mark me with the anointing. This is something I was reading in the book. So the anointing is the presence, it's the physical presence, it's the signature, it's the fingerprint. And he said it's like the canvas that the Lord smears on you like a paint. So God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere, but he's not manifest everywhere. So in meetings like we had, he is manifest, and there is a tangible anointing you can feel. I felt it when, she, when I was on the front row, and she would say, that's it. I could feel it like a wave just slap me in the face, and I'm going, "Woo, glory to God. That felt good. I, man, I need to get up there, and somebody, and I kept thinking, I, want, I, want to, I don't have any problems in my body, but I just want somebody to lay hands on me. And then she goes, well, Bruce has got it. What are you doing sitting down? I was like, oh, glory to God, touch me, Jesus, you know. So, <laughs> I'll take as much as you can give me. So, that's what the anointing, number one, it comes upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, so to, and he's anointed me. He's brought his manifest presence to me. Number one, the anointing will cause you to preach the gospel. So, when the anointing gets on you, you want to share the gospel with people. The, the, the reason for the anointing is to preach the gospel. The anointing heals people. It says it. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The anointing proclaims liberty and sets the captives free. The, the anointing causes people's the blindness to be lifted off their eyes. Spiritual blindness, I believe, and also physical blindness. There's always multiple meanings in a scripture. Uh, the Jews say some scriptures are 72 layers deep on how far they can go. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to proclaim what the Lord is doing and why he's come and what's happening. So the anointing causes you to get moving and to do something. And the anointing is for you. The anointing is not just for us. And, um, but I, I'm going to slow down just for a second. How, so how does the anointing come? We're going to go to Acts 4.13. We're going to get to the part where Jesus is going to send the 70 out. So Jesus got the anointing. Let's see, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. I gotta, sometimes I got to, even though I'm in Bible school, take me a minute. Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, they marveled and realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man healed standing with him, they could say nothing against it. So how does the anointing come? It comes from spending time in the presence of Jesus. Spending time with him like Annie was saying. The reason people in the Word of Faith movement get so caught up in the say part three times is because Brother Hagin says you're going to have to teach on the saying part of Mark 11 three times as much as the believing part. He didn't say you have to do three times as much saying. He said you're going to have to teach on the saying part. The believing part is still a huge factor of you, your faith and what you, and that comes from what she said, was that time 
learning about who you are. You are a spirit person first. Your time in the presence of God from the core of your time with him is where the life and the healing is going to flow. That is where the anointing is going to come from that that special place with the Lord. And, and for me, it's in the mornings. I like to wake up early. I like to read the Bible. I like to, to meditate on the word, to masticate it, to read the scripture over and over and over, to pray, to talk to the Lord about it. Because that's that place where I'm spending time with Jesus. And then I've even heard from people around here, they said, man, in the last six months, you're a different person. And it's the anointing. It's in the meetings I'm sitting in. Sometimes I'm in a meeting with Rodney and Mark Hankins and these people all week long, not realizing what's happening. The anointing is in those meetings. Not saying you have to run around America and chase every wild meeting because there are fanatics that do that, but you need word and the spirit. So what happens is, is the longer you're in the presence of Jesus and spending time with him, that's when it says they marveled knowing that Peter and John are uneducated men, but something happened to those men. They've been spending time with Jesus. You cannot come out of the presence of Jesus and not be changed. The anointing will mark you. The anointing will touch you. It'll change you into a whole nother person. So the, the, how the anointing comes is that the time that you spend with Jesus, the time that you, you're in the word, you're looking in the word. So where does it come from? So Romans chapter eight, verse nine, super easy. The anointing is the heaviness of God. It's the manifested presence of God. It comes from just your time with Jesus. When the Lord tells you to go to a meeting, go to the meeting. You're, you're sitting in there, but like Mary Franz says, I've come to impart a spiritual gift. You may not realize it when you're there. See, you're not feeling it. Yeah. You know, and some, I, last night I felt the, the anointing. But sometimes the impartation, it's not like when you're feeling it, ooh, 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 you know, hitting you. But you leave, and next thing you know, people say, man, it's been six months, you're a different person. What's going on with you? Spiritual gifts, are go- you're allowing them to come in. How do they come in? They come in through your heart. Number, uh, Romans 8, verse 9. You are not in the flesh, you're in the spirit. You cannot receive... Um, let me just read this. And if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So you are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit. You are a spirit person. That was the whole thing Annie was talking about is your spirit person is what's receiving the healing. That's where you're, that place where you're, you're reading the word of God, you're studying the heart of a man. And that's why, um, you know, I asked her, I said, why do you allow the people to talk in the mic before? And she said, because it opens their heart. If people are heard, if they're talking, if they're telling you what's happening and nobody listens to them, people don't listen to them. They're opening their heart to God where it's been closed up, where life has been hard on them. Maybe they haven't been in church and that's what happens. Cares, riches, and pleasure. The world, you're working all week long. You're in all that crap and then you, got, you come into a meeting and I, she said, that's why it takes sometimes two, three, four, five, six, seven days for people to open their heart to God to start expecting again. They've been expecting negative for so long, she, I got a chip at that heart. And ex, no, God, that's why she said, I opened the meeting with, G, he says that the multitudes came to him and he healed them all. And so she simply just said, nope, Jesus is here tonight. He just wants to heal you. Open your heart. Just come, let him heal you. It's easy. It's not hard. We don't need 27 steps of faith. Jesus says the multitude came and he healed them. He wants to heal. So she said, I started with the foundation of Jesus just wants to heal you. He loves you so much. But she said, I'm dealing with a person's heart. 
I got to get into their heart. So the anointing starts, Jesus, uh, the Bible says, out of the, the abundance of a heart, the issues of life will flow. That's why it says, guard your heart. Guarding your heart is guarding the anointing in your life. That's why sometimes you're watching stuff, you're like, oh, I feel dirty watching this, or you're, you know, somebody's dropping a bunch of F-bombs, and you're like, oh, you just change the channel or turn it off, because it's, something's, it's, get, it's like it's getting in there, even though you're like, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that, I don't like that, but it does something to where the, the longer you're in the presence of God, it does something else, to where your heart is soft towards God, where he says, I'll take your heart of stone, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And so sometimes, and I was telling this to Cody, I've been in meetings where Pastor Mark was laying hands on people, and they're, I mean, it's like they're getting electrocuted. He touches me, I feel nothing. So I'm like, Lord, why, why is this happening? He said, just sit in the meeting, a little, just keep coming, sitting in the meeting, just keep coming, sitting in the meeting. And it's like the Lord's just chipping stuff off your heart, getting, you know, dealing with junk that you got to get out of there. You've been in the world for so long or just whatever. Maybe that's why she said, I got to strip bad thinking off you and rebuild you from the ground up from the stud walls. And instead of just painting over the, the paint of a house like HGTV, we just, just put a new fresh coat of paint. She said, no, sometimes you got to get into the root of the heart, rip it out, start over again. And so you got to get all that mess out of you. So that's why sometimes I heard Pastor Rodney say, some of you, I need you for two more weeks. He said, some of you, I need you for six more months. Before he said, you'll sit there and receive the anointing. Because he's walking around. I can feel it. I'm like, oh. And there's people just sitting there. I don't feel nothing. He said, you need to be here for six more months. Just listen to the word. Listen to the, feel the presence of the Lord. That's why sometimes it takes time. We have special meetings because you got to, I mean, and, and, and I think like a normal human does, oh my gosh, I got to go to the morning one, the night one. But the longer I sat in the morning meeting and, and she was teaching on how the healing works. And then I come to the night meeting, I'm ready to receive. Next morning, let's do this, do this again. We're gonna, I'm going to teach you how healing works. And then tonight we're going to come back and receive. She is stripping your heart away to the core of you to what your spirit, man. That's where she says you're receiving that healing. Once you get in there, God can start moving and flowing through you again. And so that's where the anointing is really powerful when a person is in that. It's coming out of the heart condition of that person. And so it comes from your heart. It's the heaviness, the weightiness of God. And um, it comes from spending time in the presence of Jesus. The anointing also comes from reading about the anointing, uh, scriptures on the anointing, studying the anointing, because it, it activates your imagination. And, to the, and that's what I heard Keith Moore say one time. He said, you got to honor the anointing. You got to preach on the anointing. You got to think about the anointing. You got to dream about the anointing. He said, next thing you know, I was in a meeting and the anointing started falling everywhere I went. They're just the breakout in a service. Why? He says, because of your imagination. What, and he said the same thing. What are you expecting? What do you imagine? You imagine yourself coming and getting healed? Or you imagine in yourself, your imagination is God-given, where he is, your imagination is directing your life on where you're going. And if, that's why Satan wants your thought life, your imagination. Do you see yourself, you know, the woman, what she was uh, explaining where that was bent over, and he said, woman, thou art loosed. This is her view her whole life. And next thing you know, she's seeing a different view. She's looking at something completely different. But the view was this. So sometimes people need a, a change of, of view. And so your imagination is so powerful because uh, practicing the presence of God makes you aware of his presence bigger than anything else. And the more, that's why worship songs, you're, you're in your car, you're, 
you're singing to the Lord. You are magnifying the Lord. Yeah. Boom, he's getting bigger. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're, you're feeling his presence. You can, I mean, I can feel him at home sometimes. I'm just thinking, I'm reading, I'm worshiping, I'm magnifying him, I'm thinking about him. I'm thinking about the anointing. I'm dreaming about one day just going down and laying hands and fire and people fall, like falling out all over the place, just, you know, dreaming. But what it's doing is, God's getting a hold of my imagination to start activating. I'm imagining like when Annie's holding them and she says the anointing was flowing out of her into them. And uh, funny story, Dr. Rodney said when he was a kid, he'd line up all the teddy bears in his, in his room. And Brother Hagen did this with the corn stalks. Talk about your imagination. And Brother Hagen would get out there and he'd preach on fire to those corn stalks, get them saved and do an altar call. And Rodney Howard Brown did the same thing. He lined up all his teddy bears. And he said, what I did, I went in my room because he said I had a map of the world for my imagination. And he'd say, Jesus is going to touch you tonight. Jesus is going to heal you. The Spirit of God's here tonight. And he'd go ahead and lay hands on all them teddy bears. And he said he did it so much his mom had to sew most of them back together. <laughs> he said that was the only person that wanted to hear me preach. Yeah, I mean, you know what I might need to do is put like 500 teddy bears over there so I feel like we have a 500 people in this church. You just run over there and say, Jesus is going to touch you tonight, you know. At least I, I can get used to looking at church people, right? <laughs> just some of, those, uh, some of those stuffed animals, though, they're, they're smiling. So they're, they're happy. I'm like, Jesus loves you. Jesus is here in this room. Glory to God. Does somebody want the anointing and just go, you know, slap one of them? And so... But, but that's, you kind of hear these men of God and these great stories is he was in his room playing with teddy bears. And every night he preached, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Hit the teddy bear, you know. But what is it doing? And Bruce was telling me that he was praying and he was dreaming about healing and laying hands on people just the other day, driving home. Imagining himself. And then he comes up and she lays hands and then she says, Bruce, turn around, lay hands on people. Amen. What is happening? He's dreaming about the anointing. He's thinking about the, he's thinking about, man, I want to lay hands on people. This would be great. I'm going to lay hands on the sick people. God, oh, I, he said, I want, he told me, I was in the car, God, I want this. You cannot, hunger puts a demand on heaven. Those who are hunger and thirst will be filled. And Amen. guess what happened? The Lord saw that. What is it? He's pulling on the anointing. He's dreaming about it. He, and I told him, I says, man, just think about it. Just dream yourself in Winn-Dixie. Just turn around and say, brother, can I pray for you? And the person just receiving the anointing and then invite him to church after they fall out or between the potatoes and the, and the, and the tomatoes. <laughs> so, but, the, but that's something that has to be cultivated in our imagination. What do you see yourself doing? You are anointed God has anointed you. He put his spirit in you, which is his anointing. That is his spirit and your spirit. That's the core of where it's coming from. And the anointing is not just for the pastor. God will use every person who presses into his presence and allows him to work in their heart. So um, I want to, let's go. Every, Jesus says, I'm just going to read this in John 4, 14. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, he'll never thirst. But the water that I'll give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So the anointing 
is coming out of the, the center of who you are. It is everlasting life. It is praying in the Holy Ghost, praying up rivers of living water. The anointing comes out of the center of you. So you drink the water that I give you, he'll never thirst, but it'll become a fountain in the man springing up of everlasting life. John chapter four. Um, I'll go back to Mark 16, 15. So let's go to Luke 10, 17, because I want to read this so bad. I just, I just feel the anointing on this. Luke 10, 17. So a lot of times I, I, I've thought this way because I thought it was always pastor's job to do everything around here. And uh, he needs to get all the people in this church and he needs to get them healed. And I'm kind of just a spectator back there who gives my offering. But I want to read something. Number one, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals. Greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it'll return to you. You know the anointing can return to you in a service when you're preaching? Because the people aren't receiving it. They're not taking, their heart's not open to it. That's why Jesus' hometown, Mark chapter 6, they said, who is this? Isn't that Joseph's boy? That he laid his hands on a few sick folk because the anointing was bouncing back right into him. So he says, here's what we got to do. We got to go through and teach. So that's what Annie was doing. She's teaching in the morning, getting, getting you ready to, to just receive from the Lord. So he had to, Jesus had to do some teaching so the anointing can come back. So he's saying, if you go to this house, he said, and it comes back to you, the peace will rest on it. If not, he said, your peace will come back to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they gave for the labor is worthy of his wages. Do not go from, do not go from house to house, whatever city you enter, they receive you, eat such things are set before you. Heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. But whatever city you enter, they do not receive you. Go out into the streets and say the very dust of your city, which clings to us, we will wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it'll be more tolerable on the day of Sodom, more for that city. Woe to you, uh, Chorazin and Bethsaida. So the mighty works that were done. So I'm going to skip down. Uh, let's go to um, verse 17. Well, it's just 16. He who hears you, you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. So when we have a minister come in, we're either hearing them or we're rejecting what they're saying. And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said, and then he said, so what he, what's happening is this. Jesus is saying, I'm appointing 70 of you. We have 70 in this building tonight. I think we're pretty close. Maybe we're, we're short a few. Go out into the city. Go from house to house. Heal the sick. He didn't say maybe. He said heal them. Go heal them. So which means that if Jesus has commissioned you, healing is, is there for them. And a lot of times when you start ministering healing for you to other people is when it flows through you as a conduit to other people. So a lot of times we're just stuck up or we're dammed up like a dam. We've just got all this information and we have no activation or we have no outlet. We have no, you're a move of God, Justin, go get $100 and start moving. I'm waiting for God to do it. And God said, I'm waiting for you to go to the bank. Okay, Lord, 
You're a revival, get moving, you know. So you, I told this to Bruce, that, that he gave that to you, that healing. Go lay hands on people. Go pray for them. Go believe that they're going to get healed. That's what our job or you, our job is to teach the word. And y'all's job is to go out and bring them in or go out to the cities and teach them the things, preach the kingdom of God to them, preach. And when you're ministering healing, because what happens is when you start studying a subject of the Bible to teach it to somebody, you learn it way better. When I started, when he asked me to take up the offering for the Durants and I started studying prosperity, I thought going, man, I'm getting a revelation of this. This is amazing. I'm studying and studying. I'm putting the word in me. Next thing you know, I'm preaching and money comes in and they're blessed. They're happy. And I thought, oh my goodness. I said, this works. This works. But when you study the word of God and say, okay, I want to study some healing. I'm going to study prosperity. I'm going to study because I'm going to go out to work tomorrow. Somebody might start complaining about the day and I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to minister to them. You're going out with the anointing on you. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to to heal the sick, to heal the blind. So you have the anointing. Every person that has Jesus has that same anointing in them. That's why Jesus got it. And then he said, now you go. So Jesus came in you as a believer. We have people like Kevin and Annie that came and laid hands on you. Now go out. But what activates it is you focusing, thinking about it dreaming about it it just it just now it's, it's your imagination man i'm i'm ready for somebody at work today to come to me i'm ready I'm, i want to lay hands on somebody when i'm in the gym i'm looking for people zach knows this too much i'm ready to i'm ready to pray for somebody i got i got guys in there so much pain in their body all the time complaining about this that i'm like well let's lay hands on it pray the power of god's going to go into you yeah. and and i'll pray for them and witness to them and I think even this year, um, just uh, there's there's a handful of guys that have gotten born again, just praying, accepting Jesus in their life. So that's what the anointing's for. What he did in Hawaii, it's not just for here. He's when he's out in Hawaii, he's preaching, get people filled with the Spirit, telling them about Jesus because he's it's, he's living out of his overflow. He's we've noticed that Pastor has been with Jesus. We have no doubt this man has been with Jesus. He used to be a Georgia boy, but now he's not uneducated anymore. He has been with Jesus. Glory to God. So Mark 16, 15. That's how you know the anointing works. <laughs> but it's worked for a lot of us. I mean, if, if you looked at me seven, eight years ago, I wanted nothing to do with being up here. I wanted to just hide in the back and then tell, tell him I was heading out at some point. I'm leaving this church. But the anointing gets all over you and it changes who you are. It changes you into another man. Paul said amen. Mark 16, 15. I better hurry up. Sit on the screen. He said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Next, he who believes and baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Next, and then as you're preaching the gospel, what happens? Signs will follow those who believe in my name. Cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up any serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those who believe in my name, so preach the gospel then signs start confirming, signs start happening. As a result, they follow. 
the preaching of the gospel. The power is in the preaching. There's just as much power that in the preaching of the gospel as there was in the resurrection at the cross. And I want to read to you. Um, I want to read to you the book of Acts. Um, where was Cornelius? Acts chapter ten, I believe it's Acts ten. This is just kind. Of, this wasn't in my notes, but I want to go there. Let's see. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, let's see. So Cornelius sends for Peter. Peter comes. 30, fat, he was fasting. Behold, a man bright clothing stood. Send to Joppa. Simon, send you immediately to come. 34. 33, so I sent you immediately to have done well. Now, therefore, we're all present before God to hear the things commanded to you by God. Peter opens his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness and accepted by him, the word of God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That the world, the word, that word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did for both in the land of the Jews in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. God raised him up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to the witnesses chosen before God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to people, to testify it is he who ordained God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name whoever believes in him will receive remission of sin. While Peter was still speaking, what is he doing? He's preaching the gospel. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision covenant believe were astonished as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles also. They heard them speak with tongues magnifying God and Peter answered, can anybody forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we've had? He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord and they asked him to stay a few days. So what is happening here? Peter is preaching the gospel. Peter is actually testifying a testimony takes you back to the place where you were. You remember, you ever told somebody a testimony, what they did to me, they hurt me, I remember it, and they start crying because it takes you back to that night when somebody hurts you or somebody did something in your life or something good happened, it brings you joy. It takes you back to that memory so you're testifying and it brings you back. It probably took Peter back to when Peter was with Jesus. It probably took Peter back to the upper room when he was, when the Holy Spirit fell. And he's, it's not just a memory. I mean, it's, he's preaching and it's taking him back. Next thing you know, he's preaching and the Holy Spirit comes on. That's what happens when you give a testimony. The same thing that happened when the time that, that you know, the, the blessing that happened or sometimes the curse, when you start testifying about your testimony, it takes you back to that place to do the same thing for that person. So when I tell people the testimony of my truck, it takes me back to when I was at Mark Hankins' house. 
Then it inspires faith in them. Then they, they start catching faith, and then that encourages them, and then, then they go out and get a new truck. So whatever happened to Mark happened to me, and then I'm telling other people, and I'm testifying. It's taking me back to that time when I had a miracle happen. And next thing you know, this person's getting faith, and they get a miracle. So a testimony brings that person with you to that place where you were at. Because they can't deny it. How are you going to deny? I had a kid tell me one day prosperity doesn't, doesn't work. Don't believe all that preaching. And I said, you're, what, what is that right there? What is, there's a truck right there. I just got done telling you for 20 minutes what happened to me. Now you're telling this other kid it doesn't work. Yeah. It's right there. You cannot deny my testimony. Right. And so it, but it's building faith in the other kid. And I know it's Satan. But Peter, as he's preaching the gospel, the anointing falls. So when you learn the gospel, when you learn to share the gospel, signs follow, the anointing, expect the anointing, the Holy Spirit to fall on those who hear the word. That's a powerful scripture, just preaching of the gospel. Still speaking, the, what, what the, the same thing that happened at the cross, the same power is still in the word. Uh, let's go to... Um, the anointing is available to everyone who hungers, and it's why we should never allow spiritual jealousy to enter our lives because he doesn't want to use us the same way he uses other people. Criticism is of the flesh, and it makes us put others down to look good on ourselves. It is impossible to receive an anointing from somebody you criticize. That is true. <sighs> Come on, that's good. So God uses... Annie and healing, and if let's say he uses me in prosperity, and to me it's just money, and to her it's a spiritual gift that Brother Hagin laid hands on, I'm not to be jealous of that. I'm not to care what God does with them or her, or what God uses anybody else, or what their anointings are. That's why there's gifts of the body. They distributed a one once among each other. Because um, that person may not be strong in that area, but somebody is. Somebody's got that anointing to make up for that in the body of Christ. And so uh, I want to read one last thing and we're done. I'm going to read it on Paul. Let's see. Actually, I'll just read a few scriptures, one scripture. Came to pass in that day that as the burden will be taken away from your shoulder, his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed of the anointing oil, Isaiah 10, 27. The burden will be taken away from your shoulder, and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Paul did not argue with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul did not get into debate with Jesus. Paul felt the presence of Jesus, the anointing of Jesus, and changed immediately. People have to have a touch from the anointing. You cannot argue with people and debate with people into Jesus. They need to have a touch from God. They need to feel God. Paul got one revelation of Jesus and said, you are Lord. I mean, he's a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was, Jesus touched him. Jesus showed up in the presence of God. The heaviness, the weightiness. What is, what is the anointing again? It is the manifest presence of the Lord. It is the presence and the power of God manifest. The anointing is the signature of God, the fingerprint of God on a person who God uses to bring glory for his kingdom. Say this. Say, Lord, mark me with your finger. Mark me for all eternity. Increase the anointing. Teach me about the anointing. Show me how to activate the anointing. In Jesus' name.
I believe that, uh, you guys don't have to say this. I believe that in the last days, what is going to change people is a touch from Jesus. I don't want to argue with people anymore. People have some of the wackiest ideologies now. They'll argue with you about Nephilim and angels having sex with demons. And that's just why, I mean, and it's just like, brother, let me just pray for you. Father, touch them, touch them with the presence of Jesus. Let them feel the power. You know what I mean? That's what the world needs is what was happening this week. And that you guys go take this out. Take this to people. Study the anointing. The, the Spirit of the Lord is on you. He's anointed you to preach the gospel. Jesus sent the 70 out. Our, your job is to go out, to take the anointing from this place, and to go lay hands on people. Go, go put it on people. Go smear it on them. And then their lives change and they come back. My name is Pastor Justin, and I approve this message. God. I want to read a scripture to you, and, 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 and I want you to do something else. Get, it, get ready for tag team preaching. If we walk in here on a Sunday morning, the anointing hits Justin or hits Megan, give them the mic. Amen. Thank you. I want to read something to you and, and what Justin's saying here. We know about David. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Abdullam. And his brothers and his father's house heard it, and they went down to him. And everyone who was distressed, in debt, discontented, gathered, and he became captain over them. Now, we know that the anointing came on David when Samuel laid hands on him, don't we? What happened to that anointing? Later, it says those 400 men became David's mighty men. They were doing what David did. And it wasn't an education. It was the anointing. When I went to Ramah, Brother Hagen taught us the Bible, but he did one more thing that most of you have never thought of. He laid his hands on us. That anointing, and I'm going to back up here and make a statement to you. I, I'm not in favor of the pastor who wants to put his face in every little corner in a city. We don't want your face. If you're a pastor and you don't have the ability to raise up people in your church to preach, you're not a good pastor. We don't need your face. We need you to raise up the men and women of God in your church to go. Jesus did not get on the internet all over Jerusalem. Neither did Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin laid his hands on us, and we went. We came to a town, and we lay our hands on you. And you go. You can't get enough cameras to do that. It would be better if the pastor raised up and gave you his anointing. That's really what God always wanted. We have bastardized the church. Thank you. I may be strong, but the anointing is here. It's on you. The greatest thing that you'll ever, I'll ever hear is you walking back in and saying, I prayed for someone the other day. Like Justin was talking about, you're going to start having dreams. 
you're going to start having visions. You're going to see yourself laying hands on. Everything we do, you can do. That anointing will turn you into a mighty man. And you don't have to be five-fold minister. That really wasn't the goal. And that's what Justin's talking about. It is the anointing on you that breaks yokes. Like Lisa and I, we went to Hawaii. We walk in someone's home, and Lisa grabs a guitar, and next thing you know, God is moving in the living room. He wasn't there until we walked in. But I'm not going to live there. I'm just going to tell you all that. I'm not going to live there. That's claustrophobic to live on an island. I want to be able to leave. But yet there should be people there preaching under the same anointing. There should be someone in Mount Dora. I'm not going. There should be someone in Sanford, but I'm not going. So what Justin said tonight is very, very powerful. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. And you guys don't realize how much of it you're absorbing. You're in here going, oh, that was good. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was good. I'll guarantee you, you'll walk out and lay hands on someone and bam, they go out between the maidens and taters and you're like, Shondi, that's just like a church. And it was my hand, you know. Amen. Amen. Well, anyway, Sunday morning's coming. And uh, I'm fixed. I'm wound up. I'm fixing to, we're fixing to, we're fixing to turn this thing loose and carry it on. Amen. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for Justin and Megan and, and Teresa and this church. Everybody sitting in this room right now. That the anointing of God is not just for this building. It, it's, it's for here, but, but you want it out of this. You want it out of here. And you want it to go wherever the, everybody in this room goes for them to see and understand that they are a move of God. They are a move of God. Everywhere they go, you go. And every time they preach, you're preaching. And I thank you for the revelation of this to spread to where the Word of God is going in places that Justin and Lisa and I could never go. And we give you thanks for that, sir, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.